live from the Soft Soap Studios, it's Big Apple Baseball. I'm Luke Lowry, and I took the road less traveled. Now I'm fucking lost. Okay. Poor decisions all around. Great reaction. To my left, he I could have made a much worse joke, but you know, you have a significant other here. You talking about the winch? Yeah. Uh, that's Miss Beer Wench. Yes, it is. It's Mrs. Mrs. Wench. Uh, you put a ring on it? I'm getting there. Mm. To my left... He knows baseball. He knows computers. He knows why the cage bird sings. <laughs> and why he, is that? Because he has his finger up his butt. <laughs> He's Chris Calderon. Yeah, but sometimes it's gagged, so it can't. Oh, God. And to my right, you don't know him. You probably will tolerate him. He's our guest co-host for the evening. He can talk the talk, but can he jizz in your ear? We're going to find out tonight. He's Johan Lang. Well, I'm glad that uh, the bar is set low, and it's a little weird to be in Jeff's station. I expected uh, a bunch of viscous liquids, a gravy bone, <laughs> uh, lobster bisque, a little clam chowder buffet, and uh, surprisingly, there's none of those things. Yeah, we so had Consuela here. I can only hope that right now uh, Jeff is doing a, a gravy funnel somewhere in the Hamptons. Oh, he is. He is. There is, uh, I think, what, are we signaling the beer wench? Do we need something from the beer wench? Uh, we need something from the, the TV beer button right? needs to be pressed. I'm trying to signal this in like charades. Just press the OK button and we can it's continue watching radio. the game. Yeah. I know this is great radio. Top production quality. All right. I tried to give the hand signals. All right. So we're doing something a little different this evening. We uh, we have a, a guest fill in for for Jeff. As I'm sure a lot of you are shocked, Jeff could not make it this evening. No. But not to fear, we actually have a replacement this evening. Johan, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Yep, Will you be good. ingesting dangerous quantities of gravy for our benefit? Uh, there's no gravy going. Uh, you know, it's it's a little weird not having the third party uh, just being lying down on the floor right now with <laughs> stomach pains. So it's nice to see you upright. It's a little different. What's it going to take to get to Jeff's level? you got to drink more. I, Is I, that I, it? Gravy. I mean, of oh, everything. Right. Yes, right. It's drink more beer, drink yeah. more gravy. I mean, you know, a little male semen probably. I don't know. I, I don't know his personal life, but, you know. Is Jess Gravy Guy across the street at KFC? Or he does is. He have, like, they know him by name. Yeah. He yes. just comes in and say, give me the Jeff, and they just wheel him out. <laughs> the Jeff. <laughs> it's a family-sized bucket, but full of gravy. Yeah, and the, on the menu it says El Jefe, 1295. <laughs> gravy boat. Sorry, Jeff. This might be a, a little on the, uh, the hating Jeff side of podcast, but, you know, you'll deal, and maybe this will teach you. Come up to the show next time. Word. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. That's a threat. It is your podcast, Evan. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll segue away from the Jeff bashing and into a uh, little baseball talk. Is that a topic nowadays? Is that the thing that kids are uh, chatting about? The baseball? baseball? I think they are. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's mid-August. Both New York teams are in first place. And, uh, you know, for the most part, everything's right in the New York baseball world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy. Are you happy? I'm happy. This is the market down. It's, what, August? It's I don't even 18th. know the date. 18th. Sure. Luke is happy for the first time in Big Apple Baseball history. No, I've been happy for a few shows now, and right. I'm happy every March, because every March, optimism is abound. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this and might you're be... you're depressed by April. So, mm, maybe May. sidetrack a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what my job is, because you guys will eviscerate me. Even, we would. Um, but I was hanging out with the 12-year-olds. Yo- Johan actually jacks <laughs> off 12-year-olds for a living. That's yeah. his job. So I was hanging out with the 12-year-olds, you know, nothing like keeping it clean. No. Nope. Uh, and this kid was a big Mets fan okay. wearing a Mets hat and he told okay. me how awesome it was to be a Mets fan wow and yeah you don't hear that every day he was so passionate and so happy and I asked him I was like well, how much do you know about the Mets how long have you been a Mets fan he's like this is great like this is what I have to look forward to apparently like 
what are, what are you Yankee fans thinking? And I just looked at him, and I didn't really know what to say. I wasn't sure if I should just take him take him to the woodshed, and apparently just in his ear, but no, I <laughs> chose not to. Just give him a hug, hug and say, well, It'll, it gets better. I, the, I would have had to say it was really, it gets worse. Like, this is the pin, this might be the pinnacle of your life, his first place in August. But he was so confident that the Mets were going to not only win the World Series. So not to interrupt, but anytime you do hear that sound, it's just us signaling the Thank you for ruining my editing experience so, later. Luke, let's just say this is 12-year-old Luke. Right, and yeah. you're this kid in the Yankee hat who thinks that the Mets are just going to win champion. I mean, they, you think the Mets are the Cardinals, apparently, that you're just going to win championship. If I'm talking to 12 year old Luke, and like like I've said, this kid's never seen a championship before. He's never even seen first place before. Oh, fine, but he's also not jaded, right? I mean, he's does, not jaded. does he really remember how bad it was when he was seven? How could he Probably not, not be jaded? Because when he was seven and we collapsed, like he does not remember. He was still sucking on his mom's tail. When he was 10 and 11 and 12 and. Wait, no, he's not even that old yet. Uh, when he was all those years younger or whatever, he was miserable. So what would you say to 12-year-old Luke? If you can go back in time, and it's, it's right now, what would you say to this 12-year-old kid? I, I'd say I'd appreciate his optimism. I'd say keep keep the uh, the wide-eyed optimism going for as long as you can because sooner or later, the world's going to come crashing, the reality's going to come crashing, <laughs> and, you know, you ain't going to be quite as, uh, as fun to be around. You want to put a date on sooner? A what? A date on sooner? Like, when's this all coming crashing down? Oh, oh, uh, so, you know, I think we might be in the beginning of a nice little five-year run. I think well, I think the next time that it truly uh, comes crashing down is when we lose, lose Harvey to the Yankees. That's three years so, from now. So, yeah. approximately 20 years ago, you were 12 years old, which would make it 1995. And the Mets were in last place in 1995. Well, they were, but fine. But they didn't have all these good arms coming up. They didn't have the prospects yeah, you'd lined actually, up. Yeah, I believe yeah. that and was the beginning Generation K. You were knee-deep oh. in Carlos Baerga. Yes, you fine. Know. But Generation K never got as far as but whatever they were new moniker. Be like the shit. Honestly, did you have an Edgardo Alfonso jersey? He still does. <laughs> he still does. It I, still fits him. I love my Fonzie jersey, and it probably doesn't fair, still fit me. I love Eduardo Alfonso, too. Yes. There's Listen, a good chance I'm related to him. Guys, I'm so. a Jeff fan. I'm not a Met hater. I think it's great for New York. Let's enjoy this because once September rolls around, it becomes a Giants and Jets town. Hmm. But it's pretty nice time to be a baseball fan in see, New York. I think this is the year you might see baseball actually survive into October. I agree. If because the, vote, the Jets are going to be shit. Yeah. We know this. We can all accept Slow this. your roll. I <laughs> might also be 12 years old. Well, then I'm going to buy you a Giants jersey. I mean, you get an Eli for Christmas. I don't want it. My dad ruined my life. All right. Well, let's just leave it at that. And, and I'm going to ruin <laughs> it has both nothing to do with sports. His dad just <laughs> yeah. ruined his life. And, and I'm going to ruin both my kids' lives. And let's leave that at that, too. And somewhere along the way, they'll be Jeff fans. Uh, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not converted to the dark side. You not mean... that I'm not jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> You've, you already are on the dark. Well, here's the, the dark side's the cool side. The Yankees are the evil empire. Listen, how many people can say that in their basement they have uh, learned to kick with Doug Bryant on VHS? <laughs> no, what? Yeah. Doug Bryant can't say it. His children can't say that. Doug, Doug Bryant made a video about kicking field goals and then missed the two biggest field goals yeah. in Jets history. And for some reason, I own it. Oh, we see the one that missed it on, at the Steelers in Pittsburgh? Yep. That was him? Yeah. Yep. Well, 47 no. and a 31, both no. with two and a half minutes. No, I'm not bitter. It's all no. good. No. <laughs> it's all good. So let's not talk Jets because, yeah. you know, Gino just got punched in the whatever. Yeah. And he got in trouble for trying to play football already. What do you think, seg- Segway, what do you think hurt more? Brian Mitchell's comebacker? Or Gino getting hit in the face with I, by IK, whatever you're Look at this. It, are you listening, Jeff? One. That's what you call That's a fucking Segway. I like that. I'm going to say probably the Brian Mitchell comebacker because he didn't see it fucking coming. I don't know. Gino Gino didn't see it coming, but Gino was up in that dude's face, and you know it. You know Gino's going there, you know, with hands up in his face, and I ain't giving you the money. My boy died, 
And he got popped, and he fucking deserved it. Oh, was that just an urban impression from you? I, I saw some hand gestures. I heard this. My it brain. could have gotten worse. Yeah. Let me tell you. I mean, gang signs almost went up. We're not going to talk about Gino, but something's wrong when uh, there's about 90 people playing for the Jets currently, and not a single one was like, yeah, you don't hit quarterbacks. No. Everyone's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of Gino's fault. Yeah, no, Gino has lost the locker room, it seems. Um, but, yeah, back to back to the baseball side of things. Brian Mitchell did get hit in the face last night. He just went on the seven-day DL for the concussion DL. Yeah, um, that was scary. When you see what happened, you could actually see the blood fly up out of his face. So, in hindsight, was it still a, it was a good it was was it good or was it a great decision by Cashman to start Mitchell and push everyone back? Like, would that have happened? Oh, no, whoever pitched. No, because there's was no that, way Cece's going to release the ball at the same place or the same pitch. Okay. It's it's too many too many random factors okay. that have to happen. It was just a freak fucking accident. And this happens three times, five times a year. It does. I think the bigger question is, how long till somebody gets killed by baseball? Oh, I don't think it ever happened. I mean, it happened. I looked it up. It happened in 1920 to some batter, and that was the end of the dead ball era because that's when they started to say, okay, maybe we don't use the same ball all game. The guys have been spitting on and rubbing with tobacco juice because what happened is the guy couldn't see the ball. He didn't even fucking take the ball off his or the bat off his shoulder. He just plopped him in the head. Done. So you know, if that happened nowadays, we have the medical technology. Even if your fucking skull gets blown up by a ball. They'll put you back together. Well, I don't know. Tell Alex Torres that because he looks like the goofiest motherfucker. I know, fine, but, but I, and I, but I think that's more. There's more of that to come. I, I, I agree. And it, nowadays, you do see a lot of kids when they start pitching. You pitch behind a screen, or you wear a fucking batting helmet. And nowadays, no, kids wear full cage batting helmets. There's no reason not to. Like guys like Giancarlo Stanton, who by all accounts are these big masculine home run sluggers, he gets hit in the head, and now he wears like all this protective stuff. But I think there's a, see, it's a different argument between the pitchers and the hitters. But, so I don't see why it's that different. They're they're standing equidistant part, uh, feet away from each other, and one has balls coming at his head between 90 and 100 miles an hour. The, the mo- balls, the batted balls that are coming at pitchers are even faster. The yes, motion that a pitcher has to go through to get the ball up to 95 miles an hour does not allow you to have something on and around your face. And plus, the guy needs to be able to see. And I think what's going to happen, you see these guys, you know, if you wear, I try to wear a helmet with a cage, you're going to whip that thing around. Fine, it's going to be in front of your face. That's where the funny Alex Torres caps come in. So, in girls softball, um, mostly in high school, not really in college as much, they wear, they have the option of wearing masks. It's it's basically a, a hat, alright, uh-huh. with, a, with a cage. See, I, yeah. Almost Chris, looking like, almost like Bane from Batman. Chris, I told you we should get Johan in here. If there's one person that can break down girls softball, it's Johan. You were right, I don't disagree. That's right, why are we talking about baseball? No, this is so, Big Apple Girls ball, Girls Softball <laughs> Podcast. So today in Tottenham, <laughs> Staten Island <laughs> Softball, you know, you should have seen this girl's windmill pitches. Here's the thing, again, same idea, like, they wear it at the high school of protection, it's completely optional, not even a lot of schools have them, but is that really that bad to wear, like, basically it's a half cage above, below the eyes, above the chin, um, would you look that goofy if no. you did it? And I, you would, no. You wouldn't have a Brian Mitchell. I think the issue, though, is trying to pitch with that. And a woman's delivery when she's doing a full windmill is different than a guy going overhand. And, you know, the head whips and everything, I just don't see how you don't... I do think that... Jostle- I mean, look at a catcher when he makes a throw to second. How many times does he come up and the half his mask is on half of his face? I do think we're heading in that direction, though. You have the different fans in different stadiums getting hurt. you got more pitchers getting I hit. See a full, I think, a full I think there will be a pussification of you know, gear, what have you, that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I mean, the big difference between Brian Mitchell and the fans is that Brian Mitchell wasn't texting on his cell phone when the ball came yeah. 90 miles per hour in his face. Yes. Like I, said, I think you'll see eventually a full netting going around, at least into you know the expensive seats. 
Um, I don't see pitchers in my lifetime wearing a full cage. I could see them wearing the stupid helmet thing right. that, that Alex I think, Torres wears. I think, I think he won't be the only answer. one who that wears doesn't it prevent for all that long. Brian Mitchell. Brian no. Mitchell got hit in the nose. No, so they said that if like you get hit with a certain uh, a fast enough ball to a certain part of your temple, that you could be dead on impact. Maybe. And, and the Alex Torres thing does prevent against that. Yes, it does. It protects the temple, but that's you know you're seeing guys get hit in the mouth, get hit in the nose. Yeah, and Brian Mitchell was lucky. He oh, only very, got out with lucky. a partially broken nose. Mm-hmm. Listen, I hate to be this guy, but taking the injury out of it. It couldn't have happened to a better starting pitcher than Brian Mitchell, who has a literal. Oh no! Exactly, it was a great no, no. impact. That, yes. That's a huge impact because the Yankees don't have their sixth starter. They're already down Pineda. You know who? You know who's next up in the Yankee death chart to start? Well, it should be Warren. It's Kyle Davies. Yeah, and he's he having was, a good year in Triple A. He he's fine. System once yeah, mm-hmm. he's fine, mm-hmm. but that's not the guy you want. or Chris Capuano. Doesn't We've that seen just that show yeah? Before. That puts a shiver down my spine. I do not want to see Chris Capuano, and I know you're going to see him fucking in the next day or two because there's no option. Is Chris Capuano the Juwan Howard of Major League Baseball? He's just never going to die. He's yeah, he never will. <laughs> Ten years from now, he'll be in someone's AAA team hoping for an injury. When he's a coach, he's going to flash three rings that he didn't earn. <laughs> <laughs> he, hey, hopefully he gets one this year. So we wish the best for Brian Mitchell, I think, oh, yeah. is what it comes down to. He's on the seven-day concussion. Yeah, he'll, be, he'll be fine. He'll be back. He'll, um, he'll be back push. in a week. Yeah. But, uh, but in terms on his of nose. impact, I, I think you are overstating it because we're not sure that Brian Mitchell would have even been effective. It killed the Yankee bullpen. I mean, they used six fucking relievers yesterday, and today your closer is going to be. It could be Chris Capuano. So, I don't want to say that, but it could be Chris Capuano. Is it Joe Girardi killing the Yankee bullpen? No, it's. It, is what what did Joe Girardi do? He had to make a bullpen game. Now I would have liked if he put Warren in for more than an inning because I feel like this dude was a starter. You can get three four innings out of him, and it kills me every time you see Adam Warren come in for the seventh inning and that's it. And then they go into the extra innings and you, know, you have some jackass pitching. He's he's not stretched out. Um, you know Even they want to save out, him. Give me fifty. Fine, give me fifty they, pitches. They three want, innings. Fine, but they want to save him for the next day. The, you know if they keep him to the one inning appearance, they can keep. They can also pitch him the next day and the day after that. So you know he Joe Girardi has his reasons. I don't think he's uh, that bad. He's no Joe Torre when it comes to handling. No, weapons. he's not. And listen, we love Adam Warren as Yankee fans. I mean, unreasonably we've heard, we've heard so. Jeff talk about it for two months. So he wants CC out and Adam Warren in. The truth yeah. is, if the higher-ups, the real baseball heads, saw that Adam Warren, Adam Warren was a starting pitcher in the major leagues, he wouldn't be coming out of the bullpen, guys. Um, I'm not sure about that. I think I think what it came down to is that CeCe Sabathia is going to make oodles more money. Oh, yeah, and I he think has to same, stay in the rotation. Because I think those same higher-ups you know, know that, like, your Ubaldo Jimenez's, your CeCe Sabathia's, I think the beer wench just got a look if maybe she can do a round. Um, two rounds. Um... You know, I think money definitely plays a. Uh, <laughs> Hear that whistle? <laughs> money definitely plays. Um, what a is it? What does it play? A role. Yeah, a massive know. role. Uh, we, thank we you. Can say thank that. you. So speaking of the Yankees uh, injured players, uh, Marcus Shera was banged up. Took a, what did he do? He Bad took a ball off. The, yeah, he fouled it off his leg, off his that, shin. And then it did open up the the way for Greg Bird to come out, play uh, play the role of hero in the tenth inning. Greg Bird, you know, if you look at his numbers. In the major leagues, it's not going to blow you away. But when you watch this dude come up to bat, those are major league at bats. Yeah, no, he's he coming d- up there like a veteran, getting d- ten d- pitch d- at bats. Sure, you strike out. He doesn't look you overmatched. You still tore into that guy. He doesn't look overmatched. For one night, the bird was the word. Hell yeah! Production, roll that clip. Uh, we're, not, <laughs> we're not there yet, guys. I could do it, but I don't want to get sued. <laughs> 
Well, we'll mark that one down. Red Light Lime, it's behind the uh, Fruit Punch. Um, I think the most important part with Tex is it's day-to-day. That's all really yeah, that matters. So he it, could go to DL. Real quick, is that the, yeah, hold on. what's the latest with his injury? Uh, deep bone bruise could go to the DL, but right now he's considered day to day. Yeah, I thought he said he was like not going I mean, to the DL. We've seen Tex miss 30, 60 days yeah. in prior seasons. I you tell me it's day to day, that's a win. I wouldn't have a right. problem with him going on the DL. It's two weeks. I mean, you can survive with Greg, Greg Bird. It lets you bring up someone else. Maybe they bring up, my guess is they bring up Severino at this point. Uh, Who? What? Isn't Severino? Oh, I'm, sorry, Sever- I'm, I'm retarded. Um, Tell us something Snyder. we don't know. Ref Snyder would come up, I think. Are we okay. going to judge when the call's happening? No, I don't think so. Is it you service know- time or just space? Service time. Okay. Really? Yeah. The Yankees are dealing with service time? They're fucking with service time? Why bother? So why, why pay the guy for it's another a, year no, when you don't have to? Plays every, every day. Exactly. I, so, I would no, rather have him get seasoned. I mean, no, 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 no. Bring him up when this when the um, when the minor league season yeah, is done. Yeah, you can't say he gets because the minor league season ends at the end of August. Okay. Yeah. Unless they make it to the, the postseason. Fine. Once the once their season's over, Judge should be up. Judge should be up. He, just I just for don't, a cup why of start his clock early when you're going to get five at bats in the major leagues? You guys don't fucking care. Why? Why? though? You should care. Why? There's a huge difference. Yeah. I don't care if you call a guy say. April 2nd or April 15th, I do care when it's a matter of a half a year service time. But here's the thing. Super 2 nonsense, because I don't think it's even called Super 2 status It is still Super 2, yeah. It it is, like, it's a fictional date. So, like, who's to say we're going to get burned by Super 2? You only know until after everything's calculated. The way I feel more is if he's not going to be an impact bat in the lineup every day, what's the point? Especially not going to be impact... No, you know, you know what the point is? The point is to get him up to the major league level, to be get him in the clubhouse, to have him see what professionals do, what the routine of the day-to-day is, to just get his feet wet. That's the point, I think. It would be so nice, a, but it's totally unnecessary when they're going to bring... You're going to get guy. You know who's going to get called up? Ben Gamble, Jake Cave. These are the guys I want to see get playing time because we're going to have to make decisions of putting them on the on the, uh, the 40 man. Okay, fine, but you ben know none Gamble of those guys... might be the be... biggest Yankee trait. Have you paid attention to Ben Gamble's stats this I year? I haven't. Is he Matt Gamble's brother? Yeah, I think he is, actually. That's not a good sign. The dude's batting over 300 in AAA. Yeah, but Matt Gamble. And Ben Gamble is, I mean, he came out of nowhere to be, he, he's up there in, like, the top 10 Yankee prospects. I want to see him come up, get a little playing time, and then we can train him somewhere, because he's not the future. Bit of a sidetrack here. What are you guys' opinions on uh, the 40-man roster in September? They, they play five months of the year, they have a 25-man roster, and in the most important month of the year, they decide to jack it up, what is that, like 40% or whatever? Like, it's too much. Like, why? I personally hate it. I think it's pointless. I think it's made for teams that are out of contention to see what they got. And it hurts. It's, and, it's and, not fair, because a, a team that's in contention can say, well, yeah. we got this kid who's good, but we're bringing him up, see what he's got. I mean, I think that it makes an impact for pitching prospects, but if you have a batter that you know is a year away... And you have a loaded outfield because most guys, you know, 33% of the batters are going to be outfielders. Yep. Um, there's no point in having a guy who's going to play twice a week, especially if he's not going to be an impact bat. And, yeah. if that, and if he was an impact bat, he would have been up before September. Yeah. And then so you, I guess the, the nice thing is the seasoning. What exactly but What so, exactly is the reason why they're seriously, not I, like, in the first place? You really don't living, know. I think it goes back to, like, uh, you know, before, you know, these modern times or whatever. You wanted to keep control of your guys is what it came down to. Like I think if back you, in the day, you, these guys would go off, and God knows what they would do when you, you didn't have me, control. If you were to tell me that there was one month of the year that the rosters were extremely bigger than the other five months, I would have thought it would be April. I agree. I would like to see 
see that. Before, you know, why, the, why um, September? Well, why before the minor league season thinking? starts? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you know you how silly this? levels of minor leagues. Yeah, there, I think there's enough. Yeah. You, know? uh, you, you see some teams now that have like 15 bullpen arms in September. Like, what? what like, I think that's not should... baseball anymore. We just, we just did baseball for five months, and now we're going to do this new thing? I think the compromise would be that you can bring up your 40 men, but you have to put 25 men on that roster, but you don't have the um, the limitation where you have to wait 10 days to replace a guy on the roster. It's almost like running a marathon, and you're in those last three miles. You get to ride, and, drive and, a car. And, yeah, and yeah. Somebody, yeah. Pick, somebody picks you up and says, I'm going to take you a half mile, you're going to run another half mile, then someone else will take you a quarter mile, and someone else will fill that spot. And when you get to playoffs, that car is going to be gone. When you cross the finish line and you're back on your own, I will say one of the one of the big things I think keeps it in baseball is that come September it's going to give like Rockies fans a reason to watch baseball because you're going to watch your kids. There's maybe, no other reason. Maybe. The, maybe. But so this, hold on, hold on. But why can't if if you're the Rockies right and you didn't expand to 40, you're out of the playoffs. You're mathematically eliminated. You could bring up your, your your kids anyway, but at the cost of your guys who are still on your roster, and you might have to push through waivers well, they to make those moves. Well, they did that Parnell. Speaking of the Mets, they put yeah, they the gave him the today. choice. They basically said you had a choice: designated assignment, or we clear the waivers, or we'll give you the phantom phantom DL, and he's gone. And they put up somebody else partially because he was terrible. Yeah. And every team is seven or eight terrible guys. So it ain't, it ain't partially. He's <laughs> been terrible. <laughs> for yeah. the, well, no. So he was like okay when he first came back, but like you see this a lot with guys returning from Tommy John, where there are hiccups. Like fucking Tommy John with him, or do you have shoulder issues? No, he had Tommy John this last. But now, time. now they're saying it's shoulder issues. Okay, is sure. that what it is? Right. I I think okay. it might be like shoulder uh, stiffness. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you, mean, you, even, you even saw it with Harvey. Like there are hurt bumps in the road yeah. when, you're, when you're returning from that. And I think that's what Parnell is going through. Hopefully he can rest, come back. We saw the rest do wonders for Kadire. Hopefully maybe Parnell can have some similar. Uh, I mean, I think similar we're outcomes. A little off track here because we are. The point that you that Luke made was, or one of you guys made was. Hmm. We hey, don't even know. Yeah, it doesn't it matter. Doesn't matter. Um, was, hey, it's good for the fans to see these new guys. But yeah. you know what? How many fans are still watching Rocky games in September? You're talking about the diehards. And in baseball, the diehards hot are Hot Rockies chick? In, besides Hot Rockies chick, you're under 50% of the Rockies fans are probably still Hold watching on, what? Baseball. What? There's a Hot Rockies chick? There's this chick? chick who always sits in the front row of all the Rockies games. Is she like Marlins man, but with tits? <laughs> yeah, with great tits. Okay. You know what You know what Colorado Rockies fans are doing in September? Watching, watching, watching the Broncos. Watching yeah. <laughs> Manning, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, let's talk about something much more interesting, which for us dear Yankee fans, which is the birth of a potential, I don't want to say ace, but a potential. Oh, you don't want to get into top, my, my. A potential <laughs> two, three starter for multiple years. And I'll be the first to say, I didn't think his stuff was this good. Uh, we're talking about Luis. You didn't see him this year then. I saw him in the minor leagues uh, earlier this season. He doesn't have an out pitch, and I think that's more of a maturity issue because the dude's got fucking electric stuff. But you see, he'll get to he'll get to you know three two and foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. Once he learns to throw a little more inside, I think that dude's gonna be nasty. What I look for when these young guys that aren't like the Jose Fernandezes that are a step below, and I think we could all say Severino's a step below that. He's, he's, a, he's two a two. Steps below yeah, that. and he's never gonna be a top level ace. Um, he could be a two or three. I'm gonna disagree with that. He he has the upside of an ace, but now now me, I don't. Not every team has an ace. Every team has a one. Yeah, Not every team has the, an ace. The word ace is thrown around way too little. Yes. Because there's probably 10 to 15 aces in That's the That's being generous. Right, yes. Yeah, so I think yeah. Phil Hughes was the ace of the Twins right. this year. He's yeah, no, he was the number one. He was your opening day starter. Like, you can name 
like aces are like the Granky, the Sales, yeah. the Kershaws, the Scherzers. Like that's and their own. Just team. real quick, how great does it say about the Dodgers? You just named Granky as your first ace. He's their number two. Yeah. He is there. Yeah. They have two aces. Yeah. The, the Mets have two aces. Yeah, Mets Kershaw's have, the yeah. best pitcher in baseball. Oh, I like, think the Mets will have like five aces come I next year. I think they're more like two. Uh, so no, I, you know, Syndergaard's numbers have been silly. Syndergaard and Max are twos. All right, all right. But you have two. You've got Harvey and Degrom, who are aces. I'm giving you two aces. You should be like, thank you, Massa. We're gonna suck Harvey's dick like for 45. Ah, fine. Mm. He'll be a Yankee. Let's talk about Severino. Suck Harvey's dick. Here's what I look for with 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 guys like this. No. Severino's biggest issue right now is economics. He's not very economical. He can get to the fifth or sixth, and that's where it ends. To get to that elite ace level, you got to be able to pitch the seventh every single time if you're rolling with that like possible CGSO complete game shutout Mm -hmm. potential. What I see from Severino, you show me five innings, two earned runs, four hits, two walks, six plus Ks. That's stuff. What he KK'd nine guys that's out so this last game. That's stuff, and and that's and a good pitcher or someone that is dedicated to the craft will become more economical as they learn the game. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like to be fair to Severino, your average even Jose Fernandez when they very first come up, you talking about their first five to ten starts. Good for them is usually that line you just listed as right. five to six innings. You know, two walks, four hits. Like even the ace aces don't come in and do seven every time. Like there is a learning curve. Yeah. Um, in which Severino's in the and middle. And Severino of. has had very little seasoning in the minor leagues compared to where a lot of guys. Come you know, up. he had he had a decent he rocket ship ascension. Than I would have thought. I thought he was going to be a three. To be honest, threes don't really move the needle too much for me. No. Now I'm convinced he's a two. A two three is, should move the needle for you though, because let me tell you, a three is a perfectly though, average pitcher. Yeah, perfectly average. We don't want Severino to be perfectly average. But your three should... No, no, you're right. But if that's his floor, and I think his floor is Phil Hughes. Uh, Sorry, I'm getting attacked by kittens here. I thought you just looked at the floor after you said floor. Hey, (laughs) side note, who had the better post-Yankee career, Hughes or Kennedy? Because they both kind of bottomed out Kennedy. I don't think it's even a question. Kennedy had a couple years of domination. Kennedy had that near Cy Young year. Yeah. Phil Hughes also was pretty darn good. Phil Hughes is in the perfect place for Phil Hughes. It's a big stadium that he can give up his long fly balls. They're not going to turn into as many home runs. He's always had good control. He's not going to walk guys. He's going to K guys up. But so now you're seeing what he really hypothetical, is. Going back to everyone, let's say hypothetical. Three years from now, Tanaka, Pineda, Severino, they're all on the roster. Is Severino the third best pitcher of that three, the first, or the second? Chris, opinions? I'll, I'll let the Yankee uh, fans talk this one out. I'm going to say Severian's probably your number one. I agree. I think it's more a knock on those two than it is him yeah. being uh, unbelievable. But I think the future is bright. Definitely. Uh, I mean, this guy, he get, all he does is get comps to Pedro Martinez. And, okay, Hughes got, you know, he got some Nolan Ryan comps. But that, he, I don't see that. And it's really only in the fact that he's a power pitcher who has got good location. When you make bats mix, you can make up for some mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he keeps the ball low. And in that loss where Belch- on Sunday where Beltran lost uh, the ball, like the way they were one bad error away from winning that game, like he dealt with a two-out error, which followed by what a double, a single, and a homer, which ended up becoming three runs in the difference. He pitched three scoreless innings after that. 
Uh, a lot of what? How old is he? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. A lot of twenty-two-year-olds wouldn't be able to do that. A lot of twenty-two-year-olds would make a three-run, two-out inning, become a five or six, and, and using up the bullpen. All right, so uh, he's a mature pitcher for his age. So, so as the uh, the audience already knows, we're having Johan fill in. Jeff's not here, so I do feel the need to sort of like interject a little craziness, a little <laughs> stupidness, Uh-oh. a little whatever. So I'm just going to quickly ask you guys, some gravy for us. <laughs> what what would you guys rather eat? Would you guys rather eat chocolate that tastes like shit? Chocolate, I'm sorry, chocolate pudding that tastes like shit, or shit that tastes like chocolate pudding? <laughs> uh, question of the ages. I gotta eat it. Do I gotta tell people what I'm doing? Well, yes. I would, so would you I, rather I gotta like, take the chocolate I'll, pudding that tastes like shit? All right, real okay. At least I didn't eat shit. No, but you didn't eat shit for all, for all your mind knows. You ate chocolate pudding. No, 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 no. Because if people are watching, they're gonna say this motherfucker's eating shit. I don't so, want that. But you can be like, oh no, 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 mama, no, it tastes like chocolate pudding. Don't it worry. It doesn't matter. It's still, it's still. If you showed me the magic dog that so shits, I didn't say there's corn in it, like, no, how do they know? Because. Because you told me. Uh, my question was, do they know I am eating shit? Well, yeah, I didn't say you're eating this, in front of the audience. You're not at the Apollo eating shit. Guys, I'm going to make it nice and easy for you. The lights go off, and my head goes right in the bowl. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm eating that shit-tasting pudding. And I'm loving every minute of it. I'm probably licking the bowl clean. <laughs> Wait, so you're going with me then, the shit-tasting pudding. That's what you said. Um, no, 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 no. no the opposite. The shit shit. Like shit. I'm eating the shit that tastes like pudding. Like, exactly. The shit that tastes like pudding. Okay. It looks like a big long dookie. And, and <laughs> you actually maybe, saw the dog. And I'm just so side felting so, it up so, in little squares. You're so, you're so concerned with what other people think that you would literally yeah. eat chocolate pudding that tastes like fecal matter. Yes, That's because so I'm not rough. eating poop. But you, you might, don't do but that. But you might as well. You might this as well. Star Trek. You're, it's right. not reconstituted. Well, listen, I'm going to throw some nonsense your way, since apparently you're the shit aficionado. I mean, you have four. You pieces, both want to eat You shit. have four pieces of shit behind your left shoulder. Literally. That's my masterpiece. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I painted that. Would you rather eat the same meal every day, every meal for the rest of your life, or once a month eat a doo doo sandwich? I'll, I'll eat, uh, give me. Do I get to choose? The oh, yeah, I'm so so wholesome. <laughs> That's the first time that word's been used on this podcast. Yeah, they, they, the audience didn't see that, but when they told Phil about jizzing a 12 year old ear, I literally walked to the police station, claimed innocence, and came back. <laughs> so you would 12 times a year, you'd eat a doo doo sandwich. No. You just eat the same. Do I get to choose no, why no, you us. This is an unfair question for Chris. Chris eats the same thing every day. <laughs> he doesn't even do I, up. I'll eat my turkey sandwich. I'm happy. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I will differ from that, and I'll, I'll I guess I'll eat a doogie sandwich. And does everyone know? Oh, this is Luke's poop sandwich days. You're sitting there in the break room. Yes, they everyone knows, little, but they know the flag. But with they the know the reason it. why too, right? They know that like, okay, he doesn't want to just eat like you know alu gobi every day or whatever. <laughs> I'd have to. <laughs> I mean, you could dress up with some mayo on it, some lettuce, you know. You have to. Bread. You have to keep it healthy. Honestly, have you ever had a doogie sandwich? A little sharp cheddar, a little mayo, a little... <laughs> you know, and if you put the broiler on and just get a little crispy, it might be good. You know? I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a delicacy somewhere. Whose shit is it? Oh, yeah, how about that? That's another good question. Well, I mean, yeah, what about can I, like, shit sandwich? what they eat? Well, I was asked this question before, and I said I would prefer to have sheep shit because they just eat grass. You're essentially oh, just Oh, yeah. It's not that much different than, like... Sheep's milk or but sheep's milk and whatever. But you want to eat peanut butter and shit. What if I told I mean, you? I want to eat peanut and shit. That's a whole nother discussion. What if I told you it was Jeff's doo doo and it was just? Like, Hell no! Give me, give me whatever alternative. <laughs> it was just it like is. whatever was served at the boardy bar on that Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So, um, are the Yankees still interested in Chase Utley? Is that still I a mean, rumor? You keep hearing the rumors. I don't see it happening because we're two weeks away from getting Ref Snyder back. 
Oh, but I mean, Chase Utley ain't a ref slider ain't no Ref slider ain't Chase. I mean, ref slider so is a better hitter. At least since he came back from the DL this last time, is hitting 500. I think he's like 13 for his last 26. I just see the Giants going harder. Okay. They need it. Well, the Giants do like the around prospects for people I mean, like yeah. that. I haven't we played this song with the Yankees so many times where they take an aging veteran, they expect the magic to turn on because they're the Yankees, and it doesn't happen. We watched Adam Carl yeah, Beltran for a year and a half Lance up Berkman. until last week. Well, yeah, and then since last week. He's Lance Berkman is what they're hoping for. Yeah, I mean, listen, oh, because yeah. it's the Yankees, it'll probably work out. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with Utley. I heard rumors about Reyes at second. That doesn't seem to make any I don't want that sense. either because Reyes is years. Um, uh, you know, Mets, the Mets tried that when Kaz Matsui <laughs> was a shortstop. Sure. It's uh, it just, it's a non-move to me. It's it seems forced, and I think the Yanks probably know that. Yeah. Is, is it a non-move when your current second baseman are hitting? What are they hitting? One eighty ish. But it listen, was, he, the best like he's a pro of pros and multiple All Star. He's going to be a clubhouse guy, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, Utley also feels like one of those guys that. Should retire as a Philly, whether yeah. he does or not. You know, he won't get his number. But he probably won't. That's the thing. Uh, he probably Ruben, won't. Ruben Amaro Jr. has already come out and said he doesn't see Utley finishing. Like he'll get his number Philly. with Ryan Howard. He had his championship. You know, I mean, would I say no because I because of our options? No. Do I think it's an impact move? No. Do I, I think it's something I'm looking forward? To? Like, listen, we're not getting Utley and putting him one two in the lineup. He's no. getting buried somewhere. He's eight, nine, seven. Eight, yeah, 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 yeah. So like. Do I want a washed-up 38-year-old Utley that, that is moving his family, no less, or at least being away from his family? He's been in Philly so you, for 14 So you don't years. put any stock into the fact that he was hurt all year, he's back from the DL, and now he's hitting? No, he's he was old. terrible last year. Yeah. He was terrible the year before. I mean, this bad. decline is, is, is mm-hmm. not sporadic. You know, mm-hmm. it, It's been a while. And you know what? Good for the Mets for not re-signing Reyes because they saw that decline before Toronto did. Mm-hmm. You know, And then Toronto saw it, and they were like, well, he took his contract. It's got to say something about well. this guy when this contract has been traded three times now for Reyes. I bet he's a dick in real life, too. Probably. You know. I don't know. That was never a thing that the Mets said. Like was I think he, he was happy here. Did uh, Reyes win the batting title when he decided to sit out the last day? Or did so he, he did. He yeah. did. Oh, and yes, that was a smarmy move. It was a very... Earn it. You know Ted Williams had the batting t- title one. locked up and yep. went four for four yeah. and, and blew everybody out of the water mm-hmm. some time no, I know. That, that, that rubs a lot. And then they chopped off his head and put it in the freezer. Yeah, well, I'm still mad at Strahan for the Jets thing, so it's, hmm. we all move on. Brian, we all know Brett Favre took a took a, a lay down. It's all good. Well, so uh, we'll finish bitch. up yes, finish yes. up the Yankees talk with a little CC talk. <laughs> so I guess he got into a little scuffle or a near a near scuffle in Toronto. He exchanged words with some gentlemen outside of a club. Well, right. CC was wearing his fancy bright pink shoes, mm-hmm. um, and if you notice at the end of the fight, Does it looked he like someone had one. So I guess someone he lost what? his shoe somehow. Okay. Yeah. We, do we know he, that he was only wearing one shoe, and he's just like, I gotta make my feet match. <laughs> he just decides like, I'm, I'm gonna drop sure this. I'm gonna drop to this second shoe. So like, drop my only wearing shoe, <laughs> and and it's like it'll look like it fell off. It's not a big deal. Whatever. It's not. Like he wasn't pitching the next day. He went he, out. He could have. You know, he, he was scheduled to pitch that. No, Didn't happen Saturday night. He was supposed to pitch Monday. Yeah. So like, whatever. Like he's an adult. He went out. He could, probably got shit for going out for either being lame or just being in Toronto. And uh, he was smart enough to get in a cab. Well, his friends, it well, did look like it took too much effort, but he was pushed into a cab and all that. And he's a big dude. If he wanted to push through motherfuckers and get into a fight, he could have. CC, I would think, is smarter than that, though. I mean, it's kind of a non-issue. It's kind of a non-topic. Yeah. And uh, I think we should slurp the Mets for a Nothing little bit. came out of it. Word, I'm down with that. <laughs> so the Mets are uh, in first place, uh, thanks in large part to the slumping Nationals. Yeah. 
Uh, Nationals, what, lost, I think, six in a row. I believe they've lost, what have they lost, uh, 13 in the last 17. Um, yeah, so Mets, I believe, are four and a half up in, uh, on on them. And, you know, everything looks good in, in Metsville. Everything's so happening. You know, we, got, we got swept by the Pirates, and it couldn't matter less. The Pirates, yeah, that was a good series, though. You were in every game. And I think yeah. two of them went to extra innings. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question. Well, the Pirates are a good team. I, I, have a, I have a little bit of a theory on the Nationals, but I okay. want to push it to Luke first okay. and say, other than Cespedes, that was the big move. He's worked mm-hmm. out great. You know, What do you think has been the biggest change that sparked everything? Because we know Cespedes has been a big part. And don't tell me Kelly Johnson and Uribe. No, the only reason, I say, Yes, yep. I understand that. But Just the only the, reason you're saying that is because what you had before – was basically YouTube batting. Um, That's thing, yeah. But like, other than Cespedes, what do you think changed in the last 20 days that the Mets went from, eh, we'll see how the next year plays out, uh, there's always next year, to why not us? So I think that the psychological part of baseball is real and it's big and it's important. And I think that when the Mets hitters saw that the front office actually has their bat and they're willing to go out and put a little more payroll on the uh, on the team and to trade away some prospects that something just clicked sure, certainly seemed to click and do that so I think it's a combo I think also Terry Collins laid down the law and said if you hit you play and if you don't hit you don't play I don't care about contracts I don't care about previous stats I think that was a big part but I think that just the combination of them both was uh, was what the Mets needed. And I do think that although Juan Uribe has been in a pretty big slump and Kelly Johnson, who the fuck is he, I think getting rid of the Danny Munoz and who the people that they sent down for those two was the beginning of this uh, of this rebirth. And then you add Cespedes, and he's the, uh, the icing on the cake. So on Cespedes, the Mets couldn't have t- – first off, Luke, does it matter who they gave up? Were those guys anything? So, like, are you happier that you well, kept? Like, let's say, forget the Carlos Gomez deal. Fulmer's let's a say, legit prospect. Let's say you had the option of Fulmer or Wheeler losing one. Who are you losing? I'd Who are you giving lo- away? I'd rather lose Wheeler. I do think that of all the guys that have had major league success or major league um, time so far, that Wheeler's the worst. He seems like a 3.70 ERA pitcher. I don't know if he has the Which true high what, end. A three on any other rotation? Not today's right. baseball. A three seven? Yeah. yeah. You know, the, I guess depending on the team. Right. That's Yavaldi. You know. That's um, new, that's Nova. So no, I do think that I might look back if the Mets like say we say they either miss the playoffs or lose in that first playoff wild card playoff game and we don't keep Suspedas, I could look back at it and say, well, I wish I had Fulmer. But we weren't beggars can't be choosers. We weren't in a position to, you know Definitely beggars. Have that discussion right then. So I'm fine with what they did. I mean if it means anything, Gomez has not been great. I think no. that, that non trade is what changed I think the Mets fortunes because you saw and I think the front office saw the passion that this team has right now. When they saw Wilmer Flores go out there and start crawl, crying like a bitch on the field. I'll tell you one thing. You couldn't have picked a better guy to be traded. I mean, he is the quintessential get the guy in his contract year. He's a Cuban guy who just looks for his, looks for his payday, yep. and he, he got, knows it's coming. That's why he won't be a Met next year. And he's been playing awesome because he, you know, he's he's the perfect guy to get in a contract year because he's the type of guy who says, "I see dollar signs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it up." Did you guys happen to see the the uh, throw from the outfield during the the Pirates game? No, but I've seen enough of, of his throws. No, the man is built with a laser cannon for an arm. Clint, what does it take to get Clint, to get Cespedes next year? Four for seventy five? No. <laughs> so that's Six, what five. Uh, that's what I think the Mets will go. Seven one fifty. 
I don't think he's it's that. He's 30, I think. I don't that's think it's the that. Deal he, that's the deal his agent is saying is sitting out there. Now, I think I don't think he gets it. Don't listen but to But I agents. don't think that... Well, you're telling... He has to go... What are the Mets going to offer him? You're but probably I think, right. I think 80 or 75. Yeah. And that's not going to get it done. I, but I don't think it's 150. I think it's 5 for 100 or something like that. So 5 for 100 so might get it done. So he's 29 now. So realistically, he's got five great... Well, five Cespedes years mm-hmm. left. You hope. You you would expect in baseball terms that in he's baseball fi- you're old at thirty three. He's, he's fine until the end of that till the last year of that contract. So like, let's say Luke is the GM. Like what what do you what would you do? Let's say you have to give him five. What would you do for five? What's your top high end number? So honestly, I'm not like privy to the Will Pond's financial stuff. I think it's if not we good. Had, if we had a typical big market owner that I don't think five for hundred is the least bit overboard or excessive or anything. I think the Mets in their current state might not go quite that high. I also think they're going to sell it and they're going to uh, rationalize it as that we have Conforto, that we have Nimmo, that we, like it, of all our hitting prospects, they're all outfielders. So, you know, we don't want to clog the the outfield with the big contracts that might not turn out for their last couple of years and, you know, therefore block a spot of a Conforto of a Nimmo. I've never been on this computer before, but the 10 jokes of BoJack Horseman you might have missed is going to be clicked when this podcast is over. <laughs> I love um, that show. So in 15 games, 67 plate appearances, he's batting 313. All right, 462 slugging, 775 OPS, just all-star numbers. Yes. Um, oh, and you add his defense to that, and it's amazing. Dude's so, legit. So uh, he, what he I will say this is, day, is he's got – he – his rookie year, he stole 16 bases. After that, never over 10. You're not getting a speed guy. We know he's not great in the field, except when he gets the ball in so, his hands. So, mm-hmm. he's, get- he's not a speed guy as it comes to stolen bases. He is fucking so quick on the bases. If you, I, I don't know if I've seen a, a Met go first to third so effortlessly since Reyes. So, like, and he's kind of a mess in the field, but when he gets the ball in his hands, he's not. He's, like, yeah, tracking he's, balls and catching off the fences. That, he's kind of messy. But Here's the thing. But, so, it kind of brings me down to this point, which is he's got 20 homers total. His mm-hmm. career high is 26. Mm-hmm. You have essentially 40 games of baseball left. Mm-hmm. Is he having his career high in homers this season? And if the answer is yes, then he's probably 5 for 100. Yeah, but here's the thing. None of that, the Mets have no chance to resign him. None. Because he has five days with after the World Series to sign with his with the team he's currently on. Otherwise, he can't be signed until May. This is a man who fucking came over from another country, dealt with a fucking what are they so called? You know a what? Jackal it, or whatever the hell they are, a coyote. It, w- it wouldn't absolutely shock me. He has been waiting his entire fine, life I'm to be an MLB free agent. It wouldn't absolutely blow my doors off if the Mets did a 180 and did. Six for one twenty for him. I think it depends on what he does for you in the in the playoffs. If you get that, like if he has a big Met moment, you have no choice but to throw the money at him. Yes, even then, there's no reason for him to sign because you're. It's a one party negotiation. His agent and it's and his agent is. uh, It's not Boris. No, I believe it's uh, Rock Nation. And you know, know Rock Nation is going to say, you go to fucking free agency and you get every last dollar. Even if the Mets' original offer is better than anything he's going to get later on in free agency, it, he's still going to go to free agency. Does it bother you that he's allergic to walks? 
like literally allergic to walks. Yeah, hives. It's really so bad. No, that in and of itself doesn't bother because me. Because you have I, Granderson hitting so close, it's also allergic to walks. You know, I mean, so it's not the way that we like to build our team. It's not the way Sandy likes to build his team, which is just another indication of maybe it won't happen as far as the contract getting done. But I think you've had plenty of guys, whether it be Vlad or Panda or this guy, that have been very nice teammates and productive major leaguers without, without walking. Although walking does seem to be the new, you know, whatever standard of what a good player is. So, to segue into kind of our same topic, Luke started us off with the Nationals and Tailspin. And I actually think that's like the more interesting story of the Mets winning. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm happy for the Mets. I think the Mets have been great. Here it comes. But, because there's always a but. Can we just look at the Nationals for a second? The Mets haven't ripped off 12 in a row Toronto style. They've just been quietly winning series. And they've quietly been good. You know, and we won seven in a row a few games ago. Fair enough, know, but you also just winning. got swept, so that really means you went seven and three. You know, right, like right. that's not like craziness. Like Toronto didn't lose a game when Tulo was in, yeah, in, in the lineup for, in like, the lineup for games like 13 whatever, games or something right, like that. Right. So I like did a little digging a little bit and into the Nationals because I think it's really interesting. And I have some theories about why they're sucking. Okay. First off is the actual, like, concrete evidence of, like, what's being said. So this is from James Wagner from the Washington Post, and this is a quote. They are a free-swinging lineup that is vulnerable to extended slumps because they don't find enough ways to score when they aren't slugging. All right. So I thought about that a little bit, and I looked at their stats, and it's kind of scary. Okay. Who do you think is leading the team batting average? Oh. It's an easy one. I mean, you hope it's Harper. It is. All right. Who do you think leading the team in home runs? Harper. RBI. Harper? OBB. Is there any question you're going to ask me? The answer is not Harper. I mean, you, what do you want me to say? Jason Worth? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Nats are 18-8 and eight when he homers. Okay. Okay. So basically, Harper needs to have a good game for them to have a good game. He is their team. He is their team. It's, it's the Harper strat... So, uh, so here's my theory on Nationals. He just got banged up, I think, recently. So right? the Nationals had one of the highest over-unders going into the season. I think it was like 96 games. Mm-hmm. Like, that's unheard of by, by mm-hmm. Vegas. Vegas mm-hmm. is basically saying, like, you're going to run through everybody. Mm-hmm. You're, assuming, you're assuming their guys have good years. I, that, and I think what happened is this. The Nats are like, we're going for it. Fine. They're ready to go for it. They're certainly – what they didn't account for was, hey, maybe we're really injury-prone, worth – Zimmerman, you know, Fister. Maybe those injury-prone guys are past their prime and will never get back there. Maybe since we decided to stockpile this list of all-stars, and it basically is an all-star mm-hmm. team, the problem is it feels a little bit like the, like the early 2000s Rangers with Pavel Bure. Or the mid-2000 Yankees. Or the Yankees yep. or, the, or the Lakers when they had Carmel and Gary Payton. We're just going to stockpile assets and top-level names, and it's all going to work itself out. What they didn't account for was maybe Ian Desmond's the worst shortstop in major leagues. Maybe all these guys we thought would play 130 games are going to play 60. And maybe Bryce Harper isn't a team leader, and Strasburg's a total dick. Like, you always hear the same things. We love each other. We ca- Actually, the Mets are saying it. We came together, and we love playing baseball. And you see when the Red the Sox had, had, and yes, it hurts, that whole collapse from the Yankees, shots before the game, you know, that championship, bloody sock and all, we couldn't wait to get to the stadium. Hmm. You don't hear that from the Nationals, all right? Your ace before Scherzer is never really been an ace. Scherzer, Strasburg's all hype. Right. 
Scherzer's great, but again, once at five days, Fister fell apart. Zimmerman is kind of feels like that quiet guy who kind of brings his lunch pail to work. And then in the on the other side of things, like what do you really have? You have Bryce Harper, who might be a curmudgeon because you never really see him smile, and a bunch of like also rands mm-hmm. and. You know, like, they don't really give their young guys a chance here. Like, these Michael Taylors, Robinson guys, they don't really play. So what do you have? You have a weak offense with great pitching, but pitching isn't really happening. You have terrible defense. I mean... No bench. No bench. And on top of that, to remedy it all, you decide to get probably arguably the biggest dick in baseball. Jonathan Papelbon. Right. Who basically comes in and says, Storm, you have like a one-something ERA, yeah. 28 saves. Yeah, yeah, you're not closing anymore. No. The, that can't, that clubhouse is cancerous. So and when you're it, not... It's and not base- just Matt Williams. And... And when you're in a baseball, it's not like football. You come once a week and you just leave it all on the field. It's like baseball's a marathon where you probably spend more time hanging than playing. Mm-hmm. All right, you know you're spending more than half a year in a bit on, with your teammates. Um, I think they just hate each other. Yeah. I, think th- I think they hate each other, and and I don't think they have a clubhouse leader. And I don't want to take anything away from the Mets, but is it possible that the Nats' self destruction is just completely like on them? And Mets have done their part, but like this is ugly. This is what four and a half games out, six in a row, swept by the Rockies. And it's the same thing that happened last year, you know. And then Sports Center comes on and makes a big deal about Bryce Harper's hamstring. You know what? There's been a lot of teams that haven't played with their stars for months, weeks, days. They're still winning ball games. Cardinals lost Wainwright the first week of the season with the best record in baseball. Um, they also lost to what? Their starting so left fielder? Could it possibly be, yeah, uh, what's in Adams and Holiday are both Tenaris. Adams stuff of the year. Holiday, and now this this new kid, Gritchick, is hurt too. Um, is it just that it's like the perfect storm where the Mets are peaking and the Nationals are like, I can't wait for this to end? And nobody's really stepping up and saying, we have 15 either former potential or current All Stars. Nobody really seems to want yeah. to play ball. You know, it, it has to be at least acknowledged, Met fan. Yeah, no, it, they it, have the it solution though in Washington. So I definitely think so. So the one common thread that I took from all of what you said, the manager. I think if you have a Joe Torre, a great manager, that's the type of person, that's the type of clubhouse presence that helps congeal those differing personalities. I think Matt Williams. Yes, the bald and the Diamondbacks. Yes, uh, that Matt Williams. I don't think he's working out too well. You do now hear, you start hearing the rumblings that the the Nationals are interested in Wally Backman, um, which I think would be the move to help them, propel them. You get a fiery guy like that. You take him from a division rival. If the Nats get Wally Backman, the Mets lose this division. I guarantee you it happens. I would I would bet any amount of money. You know, it's also funny. So right as I think the the Mets swept the Nationals, whatever it was, two and a half weeks ago, right after that, you started hearing Bryce Harper and, and Jason Wirth talk all this shit about how it's our division to lose. Meanwhile, they're already down the division that, like, you know, just, like, completely throwing shade the, the Mets' way. And then, since then, they've yet to been able to produce. You know what? They shouldn't be throwing shade in Mets' way because if it's their division to lose, they're doing a great job <laughs> they're losing. because they're 11 they of 20 since the All-Star break and hitting an MLB worst 223. So yeah. it's yeah. your division to lose because you're choosing to lose it. You know, like, in the last 20 games, the Mets have been good enough to make up ground and pass them. Now, I, I definitely do want to point out that all that said diminishes nothing from what the Mets have done. Agreed. No, yeah. totally. Totally. Yeah. 
Like it's not like the Mets are being handed this thing. The Mets are freaking whatever we are, 13 games over 500. We, you know, we finally like got back over our high water mark of the 13th game of the season, and we're over 10 games over 500. The Mets are doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. The Nationals are just helping us a little. So, Luke, if I was going to say right now, there's essentially four teams for three spots. All right, let's say the Cardinals mm-hmm. have the division. Let's they say it's, they let's, do. Let's say it's right. the Pirates, the Cubs, the Mets, and the Nationals, and one of those teams are going to miss out. Yeah. Is it the Nationals? I, In your I, opinion? I, I, I do think so. I don't Definitely. think that the Mets have much chance with the wild card. I think that the wild card will be between the Pirates, Cubs, and Giants, those three. And uh, the Mets, is if they want to get to the playoffs, they gotta, they got to do the division thing. And I honestly like our chances right now. The, 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 when Listen, Harper's a beyond a star. You know? oh, I he's can't wait super, till he's a Yankee. He's a du- super-duper star. But it's not a good sign when you're leading every single statistical category. Because no matter how good you are, you want your leadoff hitter to be leading your OBP. You mm-hmm. know, right, you, right. you want your. And I think he might be leading in runs too, which is not. Wouldn't a good be surprised. Sign. You know, he he's a leader in statistics. He's not a leader in that clubhouse, I and mean, I don't think he ever will be. I mean, maybe five so, or six years from now, but. But he's got great. He's hair. not that. He's oh, got okay. great hair. Yeah, hey, at least he's not doing those stupid fucking eye black things anymore. We look like fucking Gene Simmons from Kiss. Yeah, but how good was those Troy Palma, Joe Mauer commercials back in the day <laughs> with like Per Plus or Head and Shoulders? Like, yeah, if you're doing we can't one get of those, a, Har- a Bryce Harper commercial like that. Once you start doing a Head and Shoulders commercial, you're done. All right, so not not to uh, deter us, but real quick, would you rather? Uh-oh. Would you rather your daughter had no friends, or would you rather your daughter was a slut? Well, no my friends. daughter has no friends. Granted, she's two, <laughs> but she thinks everyone's a friend. But seriously, I don't think anybody likes her. I think she's I'm just happy to hear your daughter's not a slut at two. I, honestly, I think yeah, if, if, I, if I can take that away, I think Listen, we've, we've won. I, the first two years of her life, I can honestly tell you she's kissed like one boy, and it's me. <laughs> and, right. Yeah, that's only awkward to everybody oh, else. Daddy's girl. Yeah. Chris? Would you rather your daughter have no friends or yeah, be a no slut? friends, no friends. Would you rather have no yeah. friends. You know what? You, I mean, if you, if you literally, okay. So say your daughter is like 17, 20, whatever. No friends. Like you don't want that. Like how? Why would you want that? Like that's like what I want that's my a, daughter to be a slut. I mean, I don't have any kids right now, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, I'm sure you do. You are Spanish. You probably have that's kids. That's true. You I'm sure about. I have a ton. Plus, like, there's so many Calderones <laughs> out there. Like Lupe is such a whore. Are we sure that you can pass a DNA test? Like it can be no. any, any Calderon. Yeah, seriously. I, I am like the father of half the population I mean, of Puerto a Rico. A slut is a dad's worst nightmare. You yeah. know, I, I think. But isn't like a lonely child, an unhappy child, up there in the nightmare you still factor? You have your siblings. You have your books. Looking <laughs> <laughs> um, like a true father. <laughs> Listen, just never leave your room. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll throw one out because I actually asked this question to my wife, and that's to a few people, and every single woman says one thing, and every single man says the other. So, and then we'll get back on track, or we won't. Would you rather be a centaur, which is the uh, half horse man, man, half yeah. horse, you yeah. know, you have six limbs, or would you rather be a merman slash beer maid, mermaid? So, yes, I'd rather be a centaur, right? Wench. Is that what the guys say? I mean, yes, but, like, my argument to that is, like, you're a freak who lives on land who's going to be hunted for big game immediately. No, wait, why, who would hunt a centaur? So, but, but you what do you with your horses? What if you're a mermaid? You're not going to be hunted in the sea? First of all, think about the real estate if you're, if you're a mermaid. You have... Not like what seventy five percent of the world is your playground. 
Yeah, but it's all filled with pollutants I think the, and with shit, the and biggest, you gotta watch out for, like, uncut six-pack holders. I mean, I think the biggest issue with being a mermaid... But hold on. Well, yeah, what's your junk like when you're a mermaid? When, I, when you're a centaur, I know what my junk's like. It's like my arm. Like, <laughs> How many girls are gonna want to be with the centaur? Uh, enough. Well, so, yeah, <laughs> that slutty daughter of yours will yeah. probably... First of all, she's not slutty. She's got no friends, all right? Don't try to make the centaur her friend, all right? Uh, you're gonna build a barn? But yeah, what's a, what's a female... Uh, I mean, what's a male uh, genitalia like on a fish? A merman? I mean, I'm sure you can so just, like, release your sperm. Well, you can, but yeah, you release it, and then, like, the woman has to come over and, like, jiggle over it or something. <laughs> Yeah, you oh, took wow. that one. I mean, yeah, I don't remember the I was like, my mind was like, man, it must really suck to be on land when you're a merman because, like, what would you just land like a flatbed truck to Fucking get around? But also, when you're a merman, you get to have like a Jamaican lobster that sings. Oh. Right? Isn't, isn't that yeah, a- but Flounder sucked. Nobody liked Flounder. As uh. cool as Sebastian was. No, Flounder sucks. Flounder's everyone garbage. hated Flounder. Plus, Ursula is probably creeping around. But listen, oh, yeah. you're living in a barn if you're a centaur. You're probably Why? St- you're probably still going to work every day. Yeah, I'd work at the fucking horse races. I don't know. I just sort of want to work. jockey. You'd be your own jockey. (laughs) Yeah. What would you be, Wench? I think it might be a gender question. Yeah, maybe. I think there's something to do with, like, the fishiness down there and whatnot. (laughs) Not that, obviously, the wench doesn't. What's down there? It's not like, I saw a little mermaid fucking she ain't got nothing down there. Nothing going on. Ain't nothing down there. Yeah. So, no, there's got to be something. There's got to be some egg depository. <laughs> All right. We'll try to try to veer off this. So, uh, real quick, we'll wrap it up with a few other mess topics. David Wright inching back towards his he's return. He's never going to play again. He's, he's, got, he's, ret- got, he's got powderization of the spinal cord. Oh, my God. Column. Every week we have to hear a new We're going to stop on David Wright because he's going to be in our next segment. And we're just going to let it go now because this isn't going to end... Nicely, you know? It never I does. Mean, and neither would a fight between a centaur and a merman. Like, what do you do? Do you bring Centaur him, wins! Do you bring him to... O- centaur can't swim. You bring him to... Wo- Wait, are we doing this in the deep ocean? In that case, the centaur needs to have, like, some sort of diving bell. What do you think David Wright would want to be, knowing how fragile he is? He'd probably want to be a mermaid because he could no. be in a, in a warm hot tub at all yeah, times. Yeah, he can float. No, I feel if like... If David Wright was a centaur, he would be glue already. There it is. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And uh, Montero, another setback for him. Probably done for the season. Alderson says we're not going to count on him. You know, I was interested in him coming back and helping the bullpen. He probably wasn't going to help the starting rotation. Who cares? Uh, who cares? Fine. He's, he's in the Henry Mejia territory yeah. now. Well, I, mean, well, no. I wouldn't go there. Henry Mejia is sort of in his own he's territory. A, they're non-impact players for this season. Fine. You'll see what you're at. Mejia is gone. Fine. He will yeah. never put on him. At least a Mets uniform. Stephen Matz, unlike those, should come back, should help the rotation, should push uh, back to a six-man rotation, which will help with the inning limits in, inning limits issues that the Mets are going to have as we continue. Um, that's, that's a good question to end on. Uh, innings limits. What do you think the Mets are going to do? Do you hate them? Do you love them? What the fuck are they going to do? Are they going to pull Strasburg with three of their starters? Like, they can't, but... Could you see it happen? I mean, Sandy is that kind of bad. But how could you? I mean, I, I think you have to learn from the Nationals. The Nationals yeah. cost themselves a potential championship by sitting Strasburg. They lost in the first round like yeah. three games, right? Oh, totally. But like, like it's 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 a thing. Like, we need to get off innings limits and look at pitch counts. I innings agree. limits are fucking meaningless if a guy can go out there and pitch six pitches in an inning or pitch thirty pitches in an inning. It, Fine. It's two different and things. And it all depends on the, on those stressed pitches. Like, yeah. you got a man on first and second, yes, and you're six pitches different. into the inning. Very the different. next 25, 20 pitches get out of the inning. It's going to be high leverage, high stress pitches. Very different. But I definitely do think that this is like one of the first times that we've seen 
uh, a team in contention for the playoffs that has so many young pitchers that have inning slash pitch limits on them. Well, as and a Met what fan, do they do? You you hope this problem solves itself with the Nationals sucking. Um, is it well, hold on, hold on. So the Nationals are going to suck, and they're like not you take pitch? a game off, you bring a kid up from the minors, you yeah. let him throw four or five innings. Uh-huh. If you lose, you lose. Uh-huh. Here's here's uh-huh. this. Why are we so far removed from the college game? Why can't we have four relievers go seven innings between them? Or well, because how many pitchers are ruined in the college game? Because the pitcher or the manners don't care about anything. You're but telling me you're telling me there's a 162 game season seven times a year, five times a year. You're having four or five ga- four or five guys say, "Hey guys, this is your game." Like player A, you're gonna go the first two, maybe three if you're pitching well. Player B, you're gonna take us through those middle innings. Player four, and then like maybe your closer gets gets yeah, some run. The college game is different. The college game, your Friday night guy is going to get murdered out there. You gotta be you, you gotta be creative. He'll pitch 150. I do think it is time for that creativity in Major League Baseball. Maybe. It, well, I think it's in a different way. And I, and I think it is needed now with the Mets. I think you'll see uh, the creativity in baseball coming isn't guys going out there and pitching 150, in it, uh, 150 pitches a game. It's tandem starters. It's six-man rotations. It's less pitches, not more. All right. So I think we're going to finish or at least move on to the next subject with uh, a little game called What's Your Concern Level? So, Chris, cue the drop. I don't have a drop for this. Chris, cue the drop. I don't have a drop for this. My drop. I'm going to repeat me saying I don't have a drop for this. What's your concern level? There it is. (laughs) You got it in print. You got it. Make sure you recorded that. All right, so I'm going to like kind of ping-pong some questions off both of you. I'm a Yankee fan, as has kind of been established. Um, but I'll let you answer the Yankee questions, okay. and maybe I'll jump in. Um, so I'm going to ask you, what's your concern level on a, on a scale of 1 to 10? All right, 10 being that you're extremely concerned. 1 being it is what it is. It'll work itself out. You know, And um, you'll give me your reason. All right. So number 1 goes right to you, Luke. What's your concern level that David Wright will not make a meaningful impact down the stretch? And meaningful, I guess, would be better than Juan Uribe, Kelly Johnson. One. I have full faith in David Wright coming back, being somewhat close to what David Wright's been. That also means you assume that he's playing the rest of the year, too. I do. We need okay. a delusional Met fan drop. I do. I yeah, really, let him have his time. Let I really him. think that... I mean, so it's not like the bar at third base has been set all that high. I think that David Wright will be able to come back, play four to five games a week, and go above that bar. I really do. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's a fucking gamer. I think he's a fucking Met through and through. I think he holds all the Mets records when he was like 30. He held like every Mets hitting record. The guy's a Mets hitting god. Does that say more about him or about our previous hitters? You can be the judge. I like David Wright. I think he'll be back. I think he'll help. What does the word meaningful mean to you? So as far as this season's concerned, yeah, meaningful, season is concerned, meaningful at third base doesn't mean all that much. It means getting back there. It means being able to hit between two and six in the order, and that's it. Is David Wright's power completely gone? So the Mets have seen an uptick in power overall this season. The Mets' previous high in home runs at City Field in a single season was 63. They've already hit 70. We've still got five-ish weeks to go. Just dancing around the question. Yeah. Um, so, so I do think that with... Luke with, put on dance. Just put on tap <laughs> shoes, guys. So you can't see it. All right, actually, just one shoe. He's going to CC. <laughs> with the it's bright pink. <laughs> with the new dimensions at City Field, I think you'll see him have some power. I think I think if he comes back and he plays twenty games, he'll hit four to five home runs. I wish you could hear nice me shaking case. my head over radio. Such a hater. I know. At least Jeff's still in the studio. <laughs> All right, Chris. Yeah. What's your concern level that Masahiro Tanaka will be on the DL when the Yankee season ends? On regular season or post? I'll let you decide that. When their last pitch is thrown. 
the however end, it ends. Well, who the fuck cares if it's the postseason? Well, hold on, I'm saying this. So, like, if he's pitched game, like, say they make it to the World Series, and he pitched game three in the World Series and did good, and then sucks in game seven, or didn't pitch in game seven, so, like, whatever. I mean, I let's, let's, take the technicality, let's take the technicalities out of it and, and stick with, like, what the question is, which is te- Tanaka's fragile, and what's your concern level that he won't be there when it matters? I well, mean, I'm not question. concerned. It's maybe a two, because I feel like they're trying to give the guy, you know, extra time off between starts. They're not pitching him deep into games, the previous start being, you know... Some sort of you know anomaly. Not that I can hate on a guy pitching a complete game. Um, yeah, I'm like they're a, being careful I'm like with a six. Them. I mean, I don't think I can be that. Maybe I'll give you like the absolute value of pie. I, I mean, I want to be that low, but the truth is, Tommy John will happen eventually. It will. And uh, like, you go 80 pitches one in one start, and then you go 122. That's not really maximizing anything. You're not really like watching anything. You're just kind of playing roulette. Every Every every, every, if that's what it is down, though, if I expect it to I happen... Mean, we, we can split there and split I don't want to live that way. All right, I'll give you a four, but I'm really not that concerned. It'll happen. Yeah, fine, but to be fair, you're pretty pie-in-the-eye-optimistic uh, Yankee fan. I'm not... When it comes to Tanaka, I am. Put it this way. When the Met, when the Yankees have somebody warming in the bullpen, and it's not obvious that Tanaka needs to come out for whatever pitch count, like, so lacking, mm-hmm. rolling through... I always assume the worst, so and which means that if it's five and a third, and there's a man on, and he's at 78 pitches, and there's someone warming, all right, or they're in the inning, and he's at 85 pitch, and he doesn't come out for the seventh, my mind says, we're done. He's done. See, I think with Tanaka, if it happens, it's going to happen in the middle of an inning, you know, middle of an at-bat, you're going to see that motherfucker go down. I mean, the good thing is, in our credit... Like the last few cases have shown that Tommy John isn't a full recovery. Some are, some aren't. So, like, I mean, so you Nola's can't say like great. we gotta, not we great, gotta have Tanaka have, have Tommy John because you know we saw Jose Fernandez dominating. He's already got a shoulder issue. What happened? Guys what, never pitch again. Who's the last Yankee that had Tommy John? You know the answer. It's Nova. You just said it. It's Nova, and Nova came back in twelve months. And I'm not really worried about him. I mean, he's not perfect yet, but well, I he's think Nova. Harvey proved he's a three. Harvey proved Tommy John is now an eighteen month injury. But not it's not. No, well, to be back to who you are, it no, is. Harvey's but, not back to what he was. You're right. No. He's not. But he so Nova was. is. Fine. Yeah, but Nova. And, but Harvey was an ace. Nova's a three. And right, and that what he was wasn't all that great. Yeah. And and although Harvey had some hiccups in months May and June, he's been pretty they fucking good. The fuck out of Harvey. And, and it worked. If I, and I, it oh, seemingly if works. If we go back to one year ago's podcast, you were praying that the Mets bring Harvey back because Harvey was saying, hey, yeah. my arm is good. I Come was. back. Okay. I was. And in hindsight, it was a bad idea and I'm very happy they waited the 18 months. I and I think he did, he, he did start yeah. a new trend of, if you, if possible, give your pitcher 18 months to get so back. So then what about the Yankees bringing a guy back after a year and having slipping him right into the rotation and him being fine? I think the, I think what, so, what the reality is like where we're at now is Tommy John doesn't end your career but it no. also doesn't doesn't bring you back to what you are. At least it's who knows? Not right it's away. Still a, it's still a question mark. Uh, moving on, Tanaka's a floor. I think that's right. It I'm, I'm still sticking with Pi. Um, okay, I got a great question, Luke. I'm going to wait because it's going to be the last one. The last question to go, Luke. So I'm going to push this one a little bit down. But Luke, you'll like this one too. What's your concern level that innings limits ruins the Mets season? Oof, oof. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, hmm. it is. I think yeah. So like seven ish. I'm concerned. I don't think there's a single bigger concern to the success of the Mets for the next 30-ish regular season games. <laughs> and um, We need a bell. We do need a bell for the beer wench. And the beer wench drop. If there's an MVP of the show, is it not Me? the beer wench today? No. Oh. 
Come on, everybody give it up for the beer wench. Everybody, just real quick. She did bring me a beer. She did. Claps off terribly on radio. She's amazing. And, um, <laughs> yeah, no, there's no, there's not a bigger worry to the regular season than the postseason of the Mets than the uh, than the innings limits. I don't know what they're going to do, and that's scary. I think you're going to go to a six-man rotation. You'll see some Dylan G starts. I think you're ready all, for it. Dylan G in September. I think it all depends on how, how your front office wants to, like, do we go for it or not? And they'll decide that. But see, it's not even it's it's not even that simple because I think like they truly are worried about these pitchers and that but that, that yes they want to go for it but they don't want to go for it and suck next year they want to go for it and be good next year. Sandy and how Al- do you balance those two things? If Sandy Alderson said we're gonna shut Jacob Degrom down going into the you know the postseason or something be like devastated. that, he he couldn't step foot in Queens without being brutally murdered. Honestly, I'm not even worried about that situation where we shut one pitcher down. You I'm worried about all three. three. Yeah. Like, I don't know what. Like, how can you? Listen, that's why the question Rainy is what it is. Lara is going to be starting game one for the Mets. You know, of the postseason. I think seven's the right number. It could even be higher. I am at like a six for that. Okay. I think they'll make the right decision. We all know Toronto is not really playing the game correctly, which means they're not losing. What's your concern level of the Yankees in a one-game series? Ten. Yeah. Ten. It's gotta be. I right? am so fucking that. That offense is terrifying. No, okay. no, not Toronto. What's the cons- what is because we won't play Toronto in a one game series. Oh well. What is the concern about the Yankees in a one game series? We don't really have against an ace. who Tanaka is going to be. Hold, I am not worried about them hitting any team in the postseason. But well, all right, the Astros worry me a little bit because Correa is a Rod ten years ago. Okay, so let's say so let's say you, but you face gonna, the Astros. You're facing Keuchel or Casimir. You face the you're facing the Angels. You're probably facing Richards. Uh, Angels are not I wouldn't worry now. about anybody in the Central, and we can't play Toronto by yeah. like logic standpoint. Well, so, like, the, what's the your Orioles con- would have to surge. Yeah. yeah. So what's yeah? But even then, you're probably lower on that because they don't really have a ace anyway. Yeah. So what's your concern level on the on the Yanks in a one game series where anything could happen, knowing the Yanks don't have a true ace to throw out there? You know, I, I'd be very concerned. Like I said, it's probably a nine ten because I yeah. don't know if the Yankees can beat that guy. I mean, it also depends. Is a Rod off the Schneid? Is Tex back playing? I mean. Text me back. We'll be fine there. Yeah, but yeah I agree. It's really high. A lot is the concern. It's, it's a baseball game without an ace. Yeah. Um, okay. Same question to you, but well, I, I bet kinda, it's Severino starting. It's not crazy. Um, it's a double question for you, Luke. Okay. Let's say the Nationals are the Nationals. Whatever. Let's pretend like you're not hurt by that statement that the, that the Mets get the wild card. Oh, what oh, is your con- oh, so in this scenario? In this scenario, Nationals? the Mets are in a one-game series. Okay. Okay. Let's just pretend that you're not devastated by okay. the fact I just said that. Okay. Uh, it's a double question. What's your concern level of the Mets in a one-game series versus the Pirates? What's your concern level of the Mets in a one-game series versus the Cubs? We're going with the assumption that those are the two best teams. I think those are both better than San Francisco, and I think if it's San Francisco, it's probably a ten because it's Bumgarner. Hmm. So let's go with the Pirates and the Cubs because Liriano, Arietta. We're assuming we'll go with aces for arguments. So yeah, so the the answer is the same for both. Obviously, if you do bring in the Giants to the but question, you have an ace, no matter what, you have an ace. To I love it's our Grom. chances. It's the problem. It doesn't matter who it is. Like whatever the rotation is, any of those three are exactly. You're yeah. very happy. Like it's not like we're getting well, stuck. Well, Mets pitching quick, man, going to the postseason. Quick to caveat. If the game's at home, Syndergaard's included. If the game's on the road, Syndergaard's not included. If you've seen Syndergaard's road numbers this year, they're fucking That's future. Gotta be Let's, just take that out. Let's just take that I'm out. I'm just saying. Scenario. So, no, I have no concerns about the Mets in winning the Winning a one-game series. Winning a one, no, I'm zero. either team. One. Wow. Whatever. That's I think, ballsy. I think, That's ballsy. I think the Mets 
are as even against the Giants. To win, no, fine. I'm not, not against the Giants. Okay. I think if you can match our ace with a better ace, I'm worried. Because Harvey Bumgarner. I would, I would watch Who wants to see that? I would jerk off. Everybody wants yeah. to see that. I really want yeah. to see that. But but I think more. But the likely, problem is that if you face Bumgarner, it's a nine inning CGSL with four homers from Bumgarner. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's fucking amazing. I'll uh, that. That's that's very confident. Okay, um, Yankees, Chris, what's your concern that Michael Pineda isn't the same pitcher he was to start the season when he returns? Zero. Yeah, see, I'm, I disagree. Michael Pineda, I mean. He's not an ace. He's probably not a one. But if Michael Pineda is your two, you're set. Are you assuming that he's back to what he was when he comes back? Yes. But he hasn't been what he was since April. Yeah. He's fucking he's said what he, he is. No, he this wasn't. Is, this is look Pineda. At, look, look at his this numbers. This is the realistic Pineda. Very what he did in April isn't. Okay. I'm fine. sorry. I love Michael Pineda. He's a two. Well, I'm saying, so since like May-ish 15th, he's been less than a two. Since it's May, right. May 15th and earlier, he was a one. If his slider is moving... And wasn't it a shoulder injury? Uh, years ago, he had a so- shoulder what was the? Why is he in the DL now? Isn't it shoulder? No, I think it's, I think it's elbow. Or uh, flexor tendon. That doesn't make it any better. Flexor tendon. It was the same thing that uh, Andrew Fine. Miller went down with. Fine, but it's the arm. Yeah. It's something to Look, be concerned I, about. I, uh, all right, I'll give you a two. I am a little concerned. I still think Pineda is... If his slider is working, the dude is unhittable. It's that simple. Kind of side with Luke. Yeah, you're more concerned? Yeah, I don't think he's as good as he was in April to start with. Add, add a two-month injury, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. It's a one-month injury. Um, he's already ma- he's got one more rehab start. All right, Luke, this is just really straight up, like, if you believe it or not, you, you'll give a number, but it doesn't really matter. Um, what's your concern level that Cespedes signs with another team in the offseason that isn't the Mets? It's a concern level? Yeah, 10. 10. Like, yeah. you just assume he's gone. Well, so for no other reason than the thing that Chris brought up earlier, because of his contract and the I don't window, know, is, yeah. it, is this this isn't a normal thing in a no, contract, it's, right? No, it's not. It's not. So but yeah, he has some special. He never really had that chance to be a free agent. So that's why he gets. That's this? why they want. It's it's also because he's only been in the league for four years. So if they didn't write the contract this way, right. he could be arbitration eligible. Right. So yes, because of that whole thing where the Mets get a five-day window after the World Series ends, and if they don't sign him then, they won't sign him until May. So you know if they don't sign him then, they it's won't not sign him, yet. period. He ain't going to sit out for the spring training Whoa. in the first se- first month of the season. And he's the type of guy with like a big enough ego where if you don't come correct, he'll just be like, peace. There is no way he signs in that window just because he's been waiting his whole life to be an MLB right. free agent. You guys ready for your hardballs? All right. We'll start with the Yankees because the Mets one's kind of painful. And I got one I got one nonsense one. Oh, great. It, it is, Luke. I'm sorry. Listen, you're not 12 years old like my little friend, like my little buddy. Um, all right, Yankees first. We'll start with the Yankees. I know it's back-to-back. Somewhere a 12-year-old was just like, he mentioned me. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I don't even remember your name. That's bad. We spent all summer. <laughs> little show. Billy. Yeah, Little Billy. You know what? A little side note about Little, little Billy. <laughs> the last go. day of my job there was a silent auction, which was the exact opposite of silent because it was signing a sheet. Hmm. And little Billy, um, basically there's a framed poster of Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio on the cover of some sports magazine that was popular wow. back then. All right, And it retails for 400 so they say. No one's really putting bids in. There's 100, there's 105, so I put 110. Like The silent auction ends, ends at 12. 11.59.59, I see this kid put 115. <laughs> so I'm just like, yo, Billy, you're – what the hell, man? So I just like – because I can't stand to lose no matter how old I am, put 125. And he's like, that's not fair. I'm 12 years old. It's past 12. Uh, Where the fuck's a 12-year-old getting $115? So here's the thing. So I go down. I eat my lunch. I see him. I see him texting. I know he's texting pops. 
Okay. Next thing I know, I look at the sheet again. Like the auction gets whatever, 20 minutes longer. What do I see? Little Billy's name at 130. Wow, little wow. Billy, you little mother, you little motherfucker. Um, <laughs> so I go, okay, little Billy, I'm gonna put my high bid right now, and I put 150. <laughs> All right, like I, I, I own a house now, I own a basement. It would be nice to put something of value in there. Is it signed, um, by the way? Signed by both Ooh. of them. Signed by both. And yeah, I really want this. Yeah. And uh, I see another text message come on, and little Billy texts his dad, and next thing you know, it's 155. Fuck. So now I'm like, you know what? Fuck his dad. No offense. All right? So I put 195, thinking, okay, the dad, like, it's way too much. Mm-hmm. My wife is going to mm-hmm. kill me. So thank God I didn't <laughs> win it. But um, I'm like, you know what? Screw little Billy. I put 195, knowing he's got to go to that two number. I know that like his dad might freak out. Mm-hmm. Walk away, get probably get a chicken nugget or something. Come back, two hundreds written there. I go, little Billy, what's the deal? I know this ain't coming from your pocket. <laughs> he goes, it is, it is. I go, stop lying to me. He goes, it is, it is. And I'm like, all right, whatever. What's your dad do? He's like, nah, day trader. Ah, fuck you, man. Two hundred it is. Game over. Two hundred is like the majority of my like weekly salary. <laughs> and and it, that's a, that's a bad a, trade. He probably spent that on a truffle burrito for lunch. Yeah. And yeah, little Billy went home with not only a signed, very famous picture, but a Ron Darling signed baseball for With two players bucks, he didn't know the names of, mm. probably. Yeah, and he's like, it'll look great in my room. Like, uh, truffle burrito. Okay. Uh, hardball. So here we go, right. and then we'll wrap it up. 2016 Yankees ace is Michael Pineda. What is your concern level? We're going with the idea that Tanaka does get hurt and does go Tommy John at some point, and you're going into next season not signing Price, not signing Cueto, but starting with Pineda as your ace. Why no Severino? Either one. It really doesn't matter at this point because you know that none of those guys are number ones. So what's your concern level? 2016 starts with I would be concerned. Five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not totally concerned because I think if you have two number twos at the start of your rotation, you're still better than probably 50% of the teams in the league. You're not You're not saying Phil Hughes and fucking Big Pell for my number one. Yeah, the only problem is in baseball, eight of 32 make it. So who cares if you're not 50 But in, in the East, if those are still your two aces... You still have the best pitching staff in the East. Is that better than Wei Yin Chen and who knows who? Or Justin Masterson and so, who knows who? Put it this way. Pineda's our ace going to 16. The Ra- all right. Maybe the, the Rays are better and you have to see what the Blue Jays do. Right. I think we have problems if that's our ace going to next year. Is and it I think great? It, and it's I think not it's, great. And it's not crazy to say that it's that it's. Possible. No, you're right. It's it's totally possible. All right, Luke. I'm sorry. Price. I actually really like you, but this one's gonna hurt a little bit. <laughs> What's your concern level that the Mets will still be air quotes the Mets when it's all said and done this season? This season. So yeah, like three ish. Really? Wow. Like it I'm should confident. be a ten. No, I'm confident on this season. I really wow. am. You are gonna like, be so disappointed. I'm not. I'm not. So I, 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 I'm not in love with what the Nationals are doing. I think that the Mets have totally t- turned a corner. Well, wait, I what think do you that consider- we've had a starting rotation and at the back end of a bullpen to be a playoff caliber team since the get go of the season, and we've since turned a corner with our offense. So I'm I'm bullish on our What's chances. What's the worst this team could do that you would still consider this a success? A no, actually, successful no. Better season? question. No, that's the thing. So no, a new. That's the thing. So 100%. The Mets cannot miss the playoffs anymore. Okay. With me considering what, success. What would the the air quotes the Mets be like? Would it be the equivalent to losing the division as you did in the yes, mid 2000s? Right. They, they, that, what was that? Uh, so 13 yes. ga- seven games I, in 13 I, days. The, right. the Mets move would be to drop the one game play in. 
No, 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 not even that. No, no, no not even that. Bartolo Colon, the one game blow it. <laughs> oh, you guys are so fucking funny. Oh, man, I got a little rest. And coming off uh, Pineda's race in 2016. <laughs> so I'll give you, the, yes, what it would be for the Mets to, to be the Mets this year, it would be for to, not, to not make the playoffs. But... I'm I'm bullish. I'm all in. I think I think we're making it. I think this is the year. I think this is the end of the drought. Look, I really do. Luke, if I didn't agree, I, and I don't think our, I don't think Sandy's done. I think we're going to add another bullpen piece. I think that uh, that yeah, you know weeks. we're going to we're going to add right. We're going to add another bullpen piece, and we're going to be okay. Listen, Luke, I we'll see, we'll see you in October. I respect your team. Otherwise, I would have said they become the mutts. All right, guys. Double question for both of you. What's the concern that Jeff has left you guys for another podcast, and that's why he's suspiciously been absent all summer? <laughs> Zero. Well, <laughs> another podcast would take him. See, that's the thing. I, I say ten because I have heard rumblings that there is a shitting on the side of the road and eating gravy podcast out there <laughs> that is that is making waves. Uh, that would take it, yeah. And you know, they, yeah. They but got... the question is, how many centaurs and mermaids are listening at this point? <laughs> like, can we get an iPad working, iPod working underwater at this point in our lives? So yeah, big apple gravy cast featuring Luke or Jeff Morehouse. There's uh there's always there's always worry when when it comes to Jeff. And you guys are you have a one and a ten. I mean, I, come on, how important is him? Jeff to you guys? <laughs> I love Jeff, but I'm not worried. <laughs> and obviously you're worried. So yeah, I, I definitely I'm definitely worried. I, I I know that uh, that he's got a few friends that that, that likes to come on. We beat the gravy fancy weekly. themselves podcast. The gravy weekly. Have you have you not seen the gravy weekly? They've got their own Instagram. Oh, they've got shit. their own Facebook. I think it's a problem. Yeah, I'm worried. Maybe. Call, we'll see what happens at gravy. I mean, what happens? Call me worried. iTunes. All of a sudden, you see uh, more talk, less but house. I, no, <laughs> shoot <laughs> it, shoot so it. Don't tell him that he's going to steal it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll throw it back at you though. Uh, one to ten. How worried are you that you've now talked yourself into a weekly spot on the Big Apple Baseball podcast? Ho, ho, ho. Uh, we, we might now want to call on you every week and, and have you come on. I think this has been a little more spirited. I think a little more whatnot. We're doing you know, an hour twenty. You know, yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I should start. Yeah. I, I feel like I should start apologizing to my wife and kids and see, like, I'm not going to be around anymore, kids. That's like, it. Tuesday nights are done, and you know you can feed yourself. Big Apple Baseball. It's better than your family. All right, and we'll call that a show. Where do they need to hit us up? You can check us out uh, uh, on Instagram at Big Apple Baseball. iTunes at Big A Baseball. Do you know the email? Where should they send those emails if I have some facts? No, come on, I'm in the, the Jeff seat. I don't know anything. I don't even know how to log. I don't even know what our website is. Oh, that's good. Podcast to Big A Baseball. We need it. I need it. All right. I have things to do later. For Johan and Chris, I'm Luke. We're Big Apple Baseball, reminding you that any day you don't take your pants off in public is a good day. <laughs> good night, everyone. Don't worry about me, I'm gonna make it all right. Got my enemies caught field in my side. I think I'll be a situation, gonna make it right. In the shadow of the darkness, I stand in the light. See, it's our style to keep it true. I had a bad year. I'm going through, I've been knocked out, detail, black and blue. She's not the one coming back for you. She's not the one coming back for you. If I fall back down, you're gonna help me back up again. If I fall back down, you're gonna be my friend. If I fall back down, you're gonna help me back up again. If I fall back down.